Hi, Gavin. Hi, Louie. We are here. We are queer. It is Pride Month. Woo! I cannot believe, but I can because Queer Eye is back. Uh, <laughs> hi, everyone. This is The Mixed Reviews. I'm Louie. I'm Gavin. And we're a fun little podcast about movies and all sorts of fun gay stuff. Yes, absolutely. Mostly movies. Most, most of movies. It's most. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say like 80% movies. So anyways, now to talk to you about health. No. Right, right, right. <laughs> In health news today on The Mixed Reviews. <laughs> Okay. Um, how have you been? I've been all right. How about yourself? Really good. I feel like we had a very fun episode oh, this time. Oh, I agree. And it's so funny. It feels. It almost feels a little weird not to have a third person. And I know how much you like to invite a third person. Wow. <laughs> Drag me. I'm blast. But also, we are taking applications. Exactly. Lily and I are open. So <laughs> Yeah, me and Gavin are very just... Um, Forward thinking yeah, exactly. in our um, relationship, you know, guys? Yeah. Let's turn this podcast into a throuple. Ooh, <laughs> love that. Um, speaking of our last episode, we took a little poll. Yes. Um, and so we talked about Jane Fonda. Yes. And um, so our poll, oh, we asked you guys what was your um, favorite Jane Fonda movie. Uh, Coming Home, which she won an Oscar for, got 0%. Yeah. Um, the China Syndrome, which I loved and which was your pick, got 9%. Clute, which is her other Oscar-winning film, Got 25%. Um, and my pick, 9 to 5, got 66%. 9 to 5 is just, like, the most accessible, fun, yeah. um, iconic as far as, like, I don't know. It seems, like, enduring. Yeah. And I do feel like, I mean, I, I don't really know what the age range of our listenership is. But I feel like, based on what I know of the people who do listen, it's probably the most seen amongst... Yeah. Uh, I, I would say, though, the China Syndrome is just... Huh, I, riveting yeah i love the china syndrome and thank you for everybody who voted for it and obviously these polls aren't scientific so um i do lots of science on this guys um i just want to point out uh our guest last week dan mecca you didn't include his pick stanley and iris and i, I just just want to say he knows you hate him honestly i was like <laughs> should i put stanley and iris in this i was like over her two oscar winning films yeah um and you know what dan i do hate you so <laughs> you caught me that's Absolutely not true. Because uh, he's going to this episode. So, sorry, Dan. I'm not sorry, Dan. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. We love you, Dan. We miss you. But Yeah, and um, thank you. And once again, uh, every, everybody that contacted us to tell us that they enjoyed us having a guest, thank you. Uh, it was fun, and we gave him plenty of t- more time than we get. So, like, that's he's he was well-versed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I also wanted to mention, um, one of our uh, Twitter followers mentioned, we didn't talk a lot about They Shoot Horses, Don't They? Yes, which is a shame, because yeah. it is such a good it's movie. It's really... I was yeah. like... <laughs> I saw the, the poster, and then I was like, the title's, like, ridiculous, and I had, I had no, like any context about yeah. what this movie's about. And I was like, oh, it's going to be, like, her and her, like, pet horse. <laughs> and it'll be, like, a very sappy drama. Um, turns out it's about depression, and it's horrifying. Yeah. And it's very stylish and um, grotesque. Yeah. Um, so uh, if you're if you want, if you're aching it's for some more... It's just about the dregs of humanity yeah. during, yeah. you know, what you can get people to do, especially during depression. Oh my depression, god, it's, it's like, literally the Hunger Games. Yeah. But like... But real life. But real life, and it's yeah. horrifying. Yeah. Um, and so uh, thanks, Kay, for um, mentioning that out, and he, he said that that was his favorite one. And he... It's so right, and I yeah, mean, that, yeah. that movie was definitely... There were so there were so many hard ones for me to to pick through, and it's just something about the China syndrome really really stuck with me. Uh, but I will admit, I went into a depressive spiral after the issue. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh my god! So. I was like, wait, this is how this ends? <laughs> yeah. I was like, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> I am. This is not the fun ride I expected. <laughs> my favorite thing was Dan, our guest last week, was like the first time we were talking about it. He was like. 
oh, I always thought it was uh, science fiction. <laughs> and I was like, no, no, this is no, 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 no. Yeah, that's real. Um, but Jane Fonda's not who we're here to talk about this no. week. So thank you for being our queen, but we're moving on to another. I love saying that. Thank you for being our queen. Thank you for being our queen. You don't say that enough to me, Gavin. I, uh, I do. <laughs> enough, is enough. I say it. Plenty. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, today we're here to talk about Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock. Who I did not realize. I, coming into this, I was like, oh, this will be kind of easy. I've seen yeah. a lot of her movies. I thought the same thing. Turns out this Wamana has 57 yeah. acting credits to her name. And I was like, will kill me. Um, Th- this is one of the first times I really felt burnout. I, on Sunday, I saw Ocean's 8. And after I saw it, I was like... I'm and done. I, yeah, I was like, I was like, I, I've gathered enough. This has come because I vision. was literally watching like two to three films a day. Yeah, uh, same. I was at least watching two a day, and it was, you know, I mean, there was one I, I started watching. Who shot Pat? Oh, you found Who shot Pat? I it's, found Hangman. So. It's on Amazon Prime. It is. Oh, okay. and I, um, I got thirty minutes into it, and it's a very weird movie. And I was like, and she wasn't, she hadn't appeared yet. And I was like, I think I'm good. I yeah. think I'm good with this one. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go through it. Um, all that being said, um, I had a good time, and it's fun because she has so many iconic roles um, and movies, but she has also a lot of uh, like uh, under the radar movies also. So yeah, it'll absolutely. Be fun. I think it'll be fun to discuss. I think she's a little more interesting than I thought she would be. Yes, she is 100% more interesting than I thought she would be. And that's not to say that I thought she was a bad topic, but I I was like, oh, I know who she is. And now I have a very different worldview of who I think Sandra Bullock is. So yeah. I think it's kind of a neat way to, you know, purchase. Yeah, so let's get into the rewind. Sandy. Sandy. As I like to call her. As her friends call her. <laughs> right. No, uh, so her name is Sandra Annette Bullock. Um, she was born in Arlington, Virginia. Her father, John, um, was a military man, but also a voice coach. Um, and her mother, Helga, um, was an opera singer. Um, Helga was a German, and while her father was stationed in Germany, they met and they got married. Um, and so Sandra has had um, dual citizenship for all these years. Yeah, well, um, she renounced it actually at one point, and then she re-got it a couple of years ago. Oh, wow. She was like, no, but maybe. But maybe. <laughs> um, so, yeah, her parents married in Germany and, and moved to Arlington, um, and they had um, Sandra and her younger sister, Jacine. I'm assuming how that's pronounced. <laughs> um, she was raised in Nuremberg in Austria for 12 years and grew up speaking German. She's still very fluent. And um, I think in a couple of her movies, she kind of shows it off a little bit, especially in Ocean's 8. Yeah. She shows it off um, quite a bit, actually. Um, and as a child, she would go on European opera tours with her mom and would like be in the shows as like <laughs> just like the children on stage to kind of round out the cast, which I think is hilarious. And also, I think she had mentioned like it's the cheapest like childcare you could yeah. find. It's just, put your kids in the show. Call it a day. I love listening to her talk about her mother. I had no idea about her mother being yeah. German. I had no, no, no background in this. And uh, I love listening to her because it's clear that her mother was very, um, polite way to put this, I guess, would be German. Uh, <laughs> she was, like, kind of a realist, but also, like, very, like, loose with her kids and very, like, you don't have to be normal. She would be mortified that I even had a tear in my eye if I gave an acceptance speech. Why? Oh, she just abhorred anyone who got up there and cried and said, this is the best day of my life. And she would go, better than the birth of your child. You know, I mean, I think she would be very proud, not because of what I'm, 
being given in terms of opportunities in these moments, I think she'd be very happy with how I carved out my life. I think she was so worried that we would be normal. She was petrified that we would be normal. All we heard, she her, didn't want your, no, your she, mother did not no, want you to be like, normal. She was like, please be original. Don't do what the other kids are doing. I mean, it was, and it would drive me nuts because all I wanted as a teenager was normalcy. And I just remember when as a kid, she goes, if you ever win an award, I don't want you to cry. And I was like, why am I going to win an award? <laughs> you know, and then I was up there and because she thought it was just ridiculous. Why do people cry? Because she was very, you know, mm -hmm. and then here I am and I go, well, you can't say anything. You're dead. So it's like, you know, <laughs> but that's the joke I had with her. I said, you know, once you're up there you can't run she was like, no I'll be floating around and yes. I, she yes. will she will and she's here and she's missed so many moments but I think those moments wouldn't have happened if she hadn't been up there she paints this really interesting like stern mm -hmm. but free-spirited right picture of her mother which I think really um, well describes what a German opera singer would be because mm -hmm. she's so in entrenched in the arts but also it's being an opera singer is such a strenuous way yeah. of life. And it's and it's not a long career. Right. I mean, there are people who can age into their voice, but not everybody can do that. So you start late and you go until you lose it. Right. Um, so Sandra studied ballet and um, she took vocal lessons as a child, um, being parts of these opera productions. Um, when she So she came to the States uh, for high school and she was a cheerleader and also performed in high school theater productions. Um, she went to East Carolina University in, in Greenville, North Carolina, where she got her BFA in drama. And after that, she moved to Manhattan, where she was a bartender and a cocktail waitress. Can you imagine being one of those people that, like, served and, like, then right. seeing her later, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Even in, like, while you were sleeping and being, I know that girl! Right. Oh, oh, my gosh, she gives the best gin and tonics! Yeah, I was in New York last week for a business trip. <laughs> 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 like, yeah, exactly. And so she was um, on the grind in New York. Um, trying to make it happen for herself. So she took acting classes with Sanford Meisner. Yeah, um, and the she, Meisner School is very famous. So, And she did a lot of student films, um, did some off-Broadway stuff. And while she was off-Broadway, that's where she got um, noticed by Alan J. Levi and offered her a part in the TV movie Bionic Showdown, The Six Million Dollar Man and the Bionic Woman. Um, I wish there were more clips of this online. I've seen this movie. Oh. I saw it when I was a kid. Okay. Because I've... Not mentioned on the show before, but many people who know me, uh, my father was a very strange man and raised me on things that he loved as a kid. So, like, strange any, man. Any, mm. Apple doesn't fall far, uh huh. <laughs> I'm leaving this apartment. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, like, any 60s TV show that he loved, like the, the Avengers with John Cena and Emma Peel, Man from Uncle, and then, like, Six Million Dollar Man, Bionic Woman. So, whenever these TV movies would come out that would reunite them, we would watch them. It's an, it's it's an event. And it's an event. And she was going to be the new bionic woman. Yeah. She, they were like prepping a spinoff for her and everything. You have been given this incredible honor of being the new bionic woman. Yes, I mean, man. how do you feel about this? Um, good. Very honored. <laughs> um, great. It's, it, it hasn't really hit me. It hit me the first day I got the phone call and the work set in. And I think as soon as I see it on TV, it'll be a different feeling. That's why I'm inviting 50 people over to my house to watch it with me. <laughs> when you first read for the part, did you think that you were going to get it? No, I didn't think I was going to get it, but the way that it was written, it was very much like me. She's, um, I don't know, smart mouth. She's just very blatant about what she feels, and she's, she's goofy too, which is nice. She makes mistakes, and she's not embarrassed about it. So that's, I make a lot of mistakes. I'm never embarrassed. This was in 1989, and this is what led her to being cast in lots of small roles in independent films, 
Um, and she was also the lead role in a very short-lived NBC show called Working Girl. Which I also did. Did you find any Working Girl? No. It's really good. And I'll give this to her credit. I, I'm not trying to stop the rewind. Sure. But, uh, um, Working Girl was a very popular film. Melanie Griffith played the lead role. Uh, Tess McGill. And I love this movie. That's why. I, but like <laughs> watching the, the bits of it that I saw... One of the things I loved about seeing Sandra in that role, because it's a, like a redo of the movie, it's not like a continuation, is that she plays it completely different. Oh. And I think that shows a lot of confidence in a young actress to take on a well-known role that is already famous and do something so different with it. All right. You had me cold. Why didn't you say anything? I heard A.J. Trask say that I was a sharp cookie. Me. Tess McGill from Staten Island. And that pretty much tells me I can get a job anywhere. So why would I want to work for somebody who doesn't want me? Have a nice life. I mean, it only lasted a season, but it's kind of interesting to watch. Um, so she was slogging through a bunch of, like, direct-to-video movies. Yeah. Um, she appeared in Love Potion Number no. 9 in 1992, uh, the Thing Called Love, 1993, and Fire on Amazon, also 1993. Um, also, and this is like a theme running through Sandra Bullock's career. The girl works a lot. Yeah. Uh, multiple movies every year. Um, in 1993 was her breakthrough, quote-unquote, role um, in Demolition Man, which she got because Lori Petty was fired. Yeah. Um, which we watched because of the Buddy, Buddy Cop, Cop movies. Yeah. And I love Demolition Man. Right. So. It is the most silly Billy movie. Yeah. It's super, super, super duper silly, um, uh, but also like cr- crazy, frightening, like conservative Christian future. All right, obviously, what do you say we just do it the old fashioned way? Oh, disgusting. You mean fluid transfer? I mean, bony, the, the wild mambo, the, the hunk of chunk. That is no longer done. The exchange of bodily fluids, do you know what that leads to? Yeah, I do. Kids smoking, a desire to raid the fridge. The rampant exchange of bodily fluids was one of the major reasons for the downfall of society. After AIDS, there was NRS. After NRS, there was UBT. And one of the first things that Dr. Cocteau was able to do was to outlaw and behaviorally engineer all fluid transfer out of societally acceptable behavior. Not even, not even mouth transfers condoned. Kissing's not allowed. Damn, I was a good kisser. Oh. So that was, like, her first big budget movie, but her, like, true breakthrough into, like, the American conscious was, of course, in 1984, her leading role in Speed, um, which literally, it took in $350 million at the, at the box office worldwide. And as I was rewatching this, I was like, this is truly, like, the perfect little, you know, blockbuster uh, Michael, uh, Michael Bay wishes. Yeah. You know, like, everything about this movie is, like, ridiculous. Yeah. But, like, you buy it. and I was going to say, the thing that impressed me the most is how well it holds up. Yeah. I, I hadn't watched it in years and I was like, fucking love this. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, and so it's this movie paired with 1995's While You Were Sleeping that tr- launches her career into the stratosphere um, because now she's not, she's not only able to do these, um, like the action roles, but she's also able to frontline her own romantic comedy. Right. Um, and so she got a Golden Globe um, nomination for uh, While You Were Sleeping. Um, in 1995, she also released The Net, um, in 1996, she was in A Time to Kill. Um, My dad was so mad when that uh, happened. Uh, in, a, in the book, Time to Kill, it's a um, John Grisham novel. 
uh, her character doesn't exist. Oh. And my dad was like so upset when that movie came out because he was like, why does he need to be torn between two women too? He has enough on his plate. Right. <laughs> I think I read that. So sh- this movie, she said she wanted to be part of an ensemble. Yeah. Um, but she is first build in this movie. Yeah. Even though Matthew McConaughey is the true lead. Like he's in this, he's in all the movies. And, and also to buck a trend. So she plays a law student in the movie to Matthew McConaughey's lawyer. Right. She's six years older than Matthew McConaughey when she takes that role. Yeah. I mean, and they were dating f- during this yeah. time period, um, and uh, you get to see his butt in the movie, so. Okay. <laughs> um, she signed on to do Speed 2, Cruise Control. Um, for, I had forgotten that Keanu Reeves is not in this movie. Yeah. I was there's, watch- a, there's a lot that's not in that movie. I was watching that movie, and I, I was like, oh, like, I think Keanu comes in later. No. And then, like, I was like, oh, the movie's almost over. No Keanu. Yeah. Um, turns out, so this movie, she decided to do... She initially passed on it when she found out that Keanu wasn't going to be in this movie. Um, I believe he wanted to make The Devil's Advocate instead. Yeah, he was making The Devil's Advocate instead. But then the studio spread rumors... Right. ...that he, went on, he wanted to go on tour with his band Dogstar. Right. Which he was incensed about. Right. Because, like... So, Sandra at first had said, okay, I won't do it if Keanu won't do it. But then she was able to use... Um, uh, the, that leverage to get them to help make Hope Floats, yeah. which was the first movie she made with her production company, Fortis Productions. Um, which is really impressive. Jason Patrick also used the leverage to, to make the movie Your Friends and Neighbors, which I also really like. So, I, I don't know, like, I, I'm happy that somebody got something out of speed. Right, I mean, she's she said that she regrets making it and she did not enjoy it, but you know what? She was like, this is a business opportunity, and she took it. Um, so... Uh, yeah, that, that's, like, bringing us up, like, to 1998. Um, during this time, I mean, she's just, like, immediately, you know, named America's Sweetheart. I read this really good Vanity Fair article um, about her early years, and literally the title is just America's Sweetheart, and it compares her to Julia Roberts and how, um, you know, this upstart, she's more accessible, and, like, it's, it's kind of gross journalism just because for the, the time and day, it's like, yeah. there, can't, there can't be more than one America's Sweetheart. And she's even said before, she's like, there's always a new girl, you know, and there's enough room for all of us. And she's right. like, I, I think she's, she's been fighting that fight for a long time. Right. You know, I also found a really gross clip of a reporter, like a reporter interviewing her about her dream man and then being like, oh, I mean, that could basically describe me. Well, let's write this down here. Simple. Okay. You want a simple man. Well, what so is- somebody who's, who's honest. Honest. That's good. Great. Uh, good dancer. Good dancer. What kind of dancer? Doesn't matter. Okay. As long as he's got some sort of. Rhythm, I'll go into any dancing. Good. Um, Tall, short. Doesn't matter. Hair. Doesn't matter. Good. I'm sounding pretty good so far. Uh, I don't mind staying in your trailer. I mean, I can do that uh, with a cell phone. I've got a portable laptop computer. I can carry my work I with me. I You know, I can wait for you in between <laughs> scenes. No problem. I mean, I think we have a lot in common. And you know what? If you're going to be a film journalist, don't be a fucking dick. Yeah. Like, that's that's I my think, advice to you. I think Sandra Bullock is really good at deflecting yes. um, journalists that are reaching or prying too much. Yeah. Um, she has always been a very private um, woman um, and is not known for a lot of scandal um, except maybe a couple things that will come up later um, but yeah I mean especially during uh, she, she moved to Austin um, and I she might have just sold her house recently in Austin yeah, yeah. but um, she moved to Austin for a long while um, kept a house in Wyoming um, in Texas and I think in Georgia um, just she didn't want to kind of be around the Hollywood machine, especially she she rose to fame so quickly. Um, so in 2000, she starred in Miss Congeniality, um, which she also produced um, and also got another Golden Globe Award nomination. 
Um, she produced um, George Lopez show, um, yeah. and which made her tons of money for for syndication. Um, and she even won a Raul Julia award for yeah. that, which I, I love Raul Julia. So, I mean, if I could ever win a Raul Julia award, I would consider that the tops, but she, but that's for excellence in, um, producing, uh, producing, uh, for, uh, Hispanic, Hispanic. and Latin Americans. Right. Yeah. Um, she also, this is around the time when she did two weeks notice with Hugh Grant. Um, in 2004, she was in crash, uh, which won a category for best picture. I think I read something. She's been in like four or five movies that have been nominated for a Best Picture, which is good for her. Um, but the movie is garbage. Um, it's fine. It's, I don't know. Uh, she did a sequel to Miss Congeniality, um, and that is a choice she made. Um, which she also produced. Yep. Uh, she reunites with um, Keanu Reeves in The Lake House. Um, and yeah, I mean, she like I said, there's just years and years of her just like, being in a million movies. Yeah. Um, sh- I th- her brand of movie, I realize, is, like, very TBS, TNT-like movie that's just, like, easy to watch. You can yeah. put it on anytime, and it's just like, oh, it's a standard book movie. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, not going to be uh, too gnarly. Um, it's easy watching. Um, in 2009, she starred in The Proposal with Ryan Reynolds, which made a shit ton of money. Yeah, surprisingly. And I think that's an important point to make. Most of her romantic comedies up until that point made box office. Right. But like this movie was a juggernaut. Yeah. And people don't treat it that way. And it's a weird thing to like think about that like this romantic comedy did as well as like a big budget action movie. Yeah. $317 million. Yeah. Um, And she also got another Golden Globe uh, nomination um, for that movie. Um, Later that year, she starred in The Blind Side. Um, which is the rare movie that didn't open at number one, but stayed at the top of the box office and moved its way into number one. And it ended up making yeah. over three hundred million dollars. Um, and it, I think it was the it is the only movie I that has made over two hundred fifty. It's oh oh here the first and one, first one in history to pass two hundred million dollars mark with only one top billed female star, which is kind of insane. Yeah, um, this That's is an the, interesting. Yeah. Um, and this is, of course, the movie that won her her Oscar award. She played uh, Leanne Tui, um, who is a conservative Christian woman who takes in, right? Uh, you know, this African American kid for football reasons. Blah blah blah. Um, she, she actually turned down the role three times yeah. because she was um, she had discomfort in portraying a, a conservative Christian. Yeah, and there's a real oh, there's a really good interview she gives about like. The movie has problems. Yeah. And uh, it's this chock full of white savior garbage. Um, and, and, and they kind of present the, the the lead boy as having a mental handicap, which is not true in real right. life. And they don't say it in the film, but it's right. really played that He doesn't, way. like, talk that much. Yeah. There are no, like, positive um, depictions of any black people. Yeah. It's... Really bizarre. It's sort of the, the reverse. We've spoken often about the magical black man. Yeah. Um, the trope in movies, Green Mile, uh, Legend of Bagger Vance. But this is the reverse of that in which the magical white woman comes in and saves the poor black child with privilege. Right. <laughs> My privilege helped everyone. Yeah. Um, that year, she also um, had the unique distinction of winning the Razzie for All About Steve. Yes. Um, which, honestly, I saw back in the day, and I wasn't that mad about it. You know, like, I, I watched it for the first time, and if this is the only time we talk about it, I do want to say this. 
it's a it's a garbage movie. It's really 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 bad. I don't think she's doing anything that that script did not ask of her. I feel like that's a full 360 developed character. Right. It may not be a good character. It may not be like what you want. But I 100% believe she is giving a full performance in that movie. And I hate the Razzies anyways. Mm-hmm. But to be nominated for Worst Actress for like putting that much effort into yeah. playing a character that's nothing like what Sandra Bullock plays normally. Right. It's not, I, it's not yeah. a lazy performance. No, it's not a lazy performance. But bad movie. Good performance. But she won. So she won for Worst Actress the day before she won for Best Actress. And you yeah. know what? She showed up. She fucking showed up. She showed up with a wagon full of All About Steve DVDs. I gave him out because she is what? That bitch. Yes. This is really wonderful for, for the most important reason because they said no one went to go see this film, but I know that there's over 700 members here. And if I won, that means the majority of the 700 had to have voted, so that means 352. <laughs> right? She says, you've got to take both sides. Um, if you take either one too seriously, shame on you. And if you disregard the other because it's not all you want it to be, then shame on you too. You should be a good sport about it. We're not curing cancer here. And I fucking love that. Yeah. I mean, this is Sandra Bullock, who is probably the most A-star celebrity, like, you can get. And she understands. She's like, guys, it's just Hollywood. It's just movies. We're not, like, my art. Yeah. Like, she she knows what she's doing. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's a movie star. Yeah, she exactly. She knows what she's doing. It was around this time, after she wins her Oscar, and I'm not going to talk too much about this, but she goes through a really messy divorce with her husband, um, Jesse James, who is a garbage man. Um, <laughs> he's not even a garbage man. He's a garbage human being. Yeah, he's a garbage um, human being. Um, he's a TV star. I can't even remember the name of the show that he was on. Um, He's awful. He's awful. And um, she, they go through a very public, messy divorce. And it's probably the only time that she has had that sort of public scrutiny. Yeah. Because she's, she's dated other people and like they, but it's, it was never to this extent. Right. Um, And they had been married. I mean, so she'd been married to him for a while and five years, I think. And they, um, so they get divorced and it's really messy. It's revealed. She has secretly adopted um, a son, Louis, um, from New Orleans, and so she's having difficulties and issues to become a the sole <clears throat> parent to him. Yeah, because the process had started with both of them, and right. obviously with the divorce, it just became her. Right, um, and so that that's probably the, the main um, like tabloid gossipy garbage nonsense going on. But you know what? It's over. She's moved on, and all the better for it. <clears throat> yeah, um, she kind of went away for a little bit. Um, there's maybe like two years between, um, she, she was, uh, in extremely loaded and incredibly close for a, she, a brief she, moment. She actually also talks about that time. Um, and, and this actually might be even a little before that she like semi retired for two years. Right. But I also didn't choose roles that I said would one day garner me, um, great recognition. I mean, I stopped working for a while because I wasn't happy with my work anymore. And you, you did, you stopped working in 2002. Something like that. Yeah. Why? Um, I reached the, 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 the finishing point. You know, I realized I'd been making uh, wonderful movies, but I'd also made some movies that were not so good, um, and I, I didn't, didn't want to do it anymore. So you just stopped? I just stopped, and, and I thought what? it would be like six months. Yeah. Um, I, I restored an old building here in New York. We've, we've talked a lot about this over, the, uh, over these episodes. Uh, when we did Rena Moreno, we, did, uh, we just did Jane Fonda. These are actresses 
who retired for one thing or another, but the common theme that you keep hearing is the roles for women in Hollywood are bad. Right. Yeah. And I mean, and so by this point, I mean, Melissa, um, I'm reading Melissa McCarthy. Um, Sandra Bullock is now 54 years old. Um, and as everyone knows, um, after what, like 35, yeah. the roles just like really thin out. Um, and so she's had an incredible career. Um, but I imagine she's just like, you know, if like, I don't have to do another rom-com, I just really don't. Yeah. Um, in 2013, she made a return in The Heat with Melissa McCarthy, which we also talked about in our Buddy Cop um, episode. Um, huge box office hit. Um, that year, I mean, just uh, again with these like big, big years, in 2013, she also came out with Gravity, yeah. um, starring her good friend George Clooney and her, um, herself, um, <clears throat> which would go on to win Best Picture um, and a really just incredible feat of a movie as a whole. Yeah, I did. She, she's talked about the filming before and how like different and what an experience it is. And that's more what she's interested in nowadays is having experiences while making movies instead of just, you know, doing the same thing. Yeah. And again, she talked about having resistance coming into the movie because she had, um, Louie. Um, and I'm not sure she has another, a daughter, but her name is escaping right now, but a young daughter. And she's been extremely private about both of them and has basically, basically made, um, the production company make a daycare center yeah. on set for her. And fucking good for her. And they did. Um, I have a lot of respect. Uh, I know you're getting close to the end of the rewind, but I, I have a, I have no interest in having kids in all honesty, but like, I have a lot of respect for people who adopt. And, yeah, and totally. I, think, I think there's a lot of kids out there in the world who would love to have a parent. Mm-hmm. So anybody who can open their heart that way and, you know, totally. And, and, become a, a parent to these children like I don't know I'm I'm so impressed by that the beautiful thing that I was constantly told was um, the perfect child will find you you will find your child stop <laughs> look in that direction I'm <laughs> trying not to look at you but you yeah. don't believe that when it's not happening mm-hmm. you know when you're going where is my family where's my and when it does happen you know exactly what what they're talking about. Being a mom, I finally realized, oh, this is what I was supposed to do when I grew up. Not be an actress, to be a mom. This was the purpose. Oh, this was it. This is my purpose. And I knew it at a very young age, and I think my mother saw that. She was like, please, not that young. <laughs> not <laughs> Mr. God, not, not that young. <laughs> not 17, honey. Um, but I, wow. I, felt, I felt that calling at a very young age, but I had to become the mom that I was supposed to be for the kids that were waiting for me. So Gravity took in $716 million at the box office worldwide. Making oh, it, only? Making it her second most successful picture. Ask me what her first one is. Oh, God. It's a demolition, man. It's Minions. <laughs> That's right. I did know that, actually. Um, Minions was her second animated movie she's made. She was yeah. also a voice in The Prince of Egypt, which yes. is iconic. Um, <laughs> As, and so for her role in Gravity, she was nominated for a BAFTA, SAG Award, um, and also the Oscar, um, which she probably deserved more than Blindside, but who cares? Blindside got her this role, thank fucking God. Um, so by August 2014, Bullock was the highest earning actress in Hollywood. Um, and she has been named, I think, one of the highest paid actresses of our time. Um, in 2015, she was in Minions. Um, and she also um, starred and co- co-produced um, Our Brand is Crisis. Yeah. Um, and she's talked about this in recent interviews. She basically only works every two years now. Yeah. She's, now she's just like, whatever, bye. Um, she's the 29th most profitable movie star, according to the numbers. Her total domestic growth stands at roughly $2.5 billion. Can you believe? So she's not a businessman. She's a business 
man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she is a business. Um, like I said, she has her own production company, Fortis Films, um, which has produced Hope Floats and uh, Miss Congeniality. Yeah, Miss Congeniality 2, at least. Did, did she do the first one? Maybe I think she, she did. did. I think yeah. she did, yeah. Um, going into philanthropy, she has given a million dollars to the Red Cross at least five times. Yeah. Um, after lots of um, disasters, um, she's sent money for the uh, after the Indian Ocean earthquake and tsunamis. Um, she gave a million dollars to relief efforts in Haiti following the Haiti earthquake. Um, and she did, donated a million dollars um, after Hurricane Harvey in Texas. She did a pub- public service announcement for um, cleaning up the efforts of the oil spill in the Gulf of Mexico. Um, she's part of a lot of fundraising efforts for a lot of humanitarian um, efforts. Um, so she... I love a queen that's just like, here's a million dollars, fix it. Yeah. Make it happen. Make it work. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't really want to talk about her, like, relationships because no. she wouldn't like that. No. And I respect that. And uh, But, yeah, she she's had just a, a really interesting, really kind of amazing career. She is a very self-made person. Yep. She decided very early on in her career she wanted to have a, a guiding hand, for better or worse, into the, the film she's making. Also, one of the other things that you didn't mention that I, I think is really cool uh, that I found out through the the um, uh, research I did into the movie Two Weeks Notice, of all things, <laughs> um, she it was one of the very first films after 9-11 to shoot in New York City, and they were actually going to move the shooting of it to Canada, and she insisted they shoot in New York City. Oh, that's and cool. because of that, it created many more jobs, and it really brought back a lot of work and money into into New York City. And actually, at the time, Bloomberg ended up... No, not Bloomberg. Uh, fucking Giuliani, I gross. think. Yeah, gross. Awful. But it was declared a two-weeks-notice day for all the business it actually brought back into New York City. Right. Which is a pretty impressive thing. Yeah. I mean, she's... She, I mean, the more and more I read about her, it's the more and more impressed I am. Yeah. Just really genuine and real and maybe a little weird and flighty. And, yeah. like, I kind of like that about her. I kind of like that she's, you know, not... She's not... I said before, she's a movie star. She doesn't live her life like a movie star. Totally, totally. I mean, so, the one thing I'll say about her um, personal drama with Jessica, and she's... Uh, in this interview, uh, she deadpanned when asking about it. She's like, listen, life sucks a lot of the time. Everybody gets used to it. Um, and this one has is a, has a happy ending, though. And, like, honestly, Queen, yeah. good for her. Um, I also want to mention, um, she says, Usually comedy is only available to us ladies in the romantic comedy. I hate romantic comedies. I want to make comedic comedies. Let's get back to being funny. And I love that because yeah, her power lies within, like, she is such a beautiful, striking woman, but she knows how to fall on her face. Yeah. And be hilarious, and she's not afraid to make fun of herself and look dumb. Well, that's that's why it's so disappointing that uh, it's funny because she kind of said an iteration of that when she was doing press for Miss Congeniality too. She was kind of like, "I'm not really interested in it being like, why does it have to be a man or a woman who fall in love? Why can't it be two women who have this buddy cop thing?" And so that's what Miss Congeniality too really is. It's unfortunate; it's a failure, but that's when you see the heat come right. along, and it's weird because the heat is kind of, I think, the movie she wanted to make. Yeah, for sure. Um, and she, in this same interview, um, and this is an interview from The Guardian by John Patterson, um, and he asked her if she regards the movie business as meaningless and empty, is she aware of celebrity culture? And she says, oh, yes, because it is meaningless and empty. I'm not aware of it, though. I'm just aware. It holds nothing for me, although it will hold you a great table in a restaurant. 
Um, if you don't have other real things in your life that you love just as much, then you will drown in it. And that's a woman who just like knows what's going on. Yeah. Um, and really knows who she is. Yeah. And uh, finally, just to talk about, I mean, she also has come out saying she fucking hates Harvey Weinstein has never had to work with yeah. him. Yeah. Oh yeah. This is a very recent, yeah. has never had to work with him. Would hear a bunch of things about him yeah. though. Um, and she always thought it was a bunch of bullshit and like, she said, I think one of the interviews she said, um, I would hear, they'd say, oh, well, you know how that girl got that role. She had to sleep with Harvey Weinstein. And she said, oh, and after all the Me Too stuff, she said, oh, shit. It wasn't these girls had to sleep with him. He was attacking them. Right. Um, so it, it... I'm sure that's how a lot of people found out. Right. Yeah. yeah, right. I mean, and she said, I never believed that you know, right. these women had to do this stuff, but it's not even about believing. He was out there telling people that, oh, yeah, he fucked so-and-so, this and that. In reality, he was being the fucking monster that he is. Right. Um, all that to say, Sandra Bullock is far more interesting than I thought she was. Yes, absolutely. And is, is a more layered and complex human being than just being, quote, America's sweetheart. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't giving her enough credit. And you're right. She's way more than just America's sweetheart. Yeah. Um, so let's talk some reviews. Hey. Yeah. Let's do our five-star reviews. Okay. Let's mix it up. I wrote down everything that I watched and I was like, wow, this is a really long list. Um, it's only like 27 of the 57 that she's been in. So don't at me. Um, but I rewatched a lot and I, I like a lot of her movies. Uh, but it really, really just comes down to miscongeniality. Like I, it's, this is 2000, uh, directed by Donald Petrie. And it is her at the peak of her powers. Um, I think this is her being super interesting and weird. Uh, so Miss Congeniality is about a um, Gracie Hart. Is that her name? Gracie? Yeah, Gracie. Is it Mary Hart? No, it was Gracie. Okay, Gracie Hart, and she is an FBI agent who is kind of a slobby mess of a woman um, who maybe sometimes doesn't follow orders of the, you know, chief too much. Um, and... She has to infiltrate the Miss USA pageant because there is a threat of terrorism um, against it. And it's set in San Antonio, Texas. And she goes undercover as Mary Lou Freebush, uh, uh, Miss New Jersey. Um, and there's like a great makeover sequence. Michael Caine is in it. Um, ben- giving, giving a great performance to Michael yes. Caine's not given enough credit for that performance. Yes. Because it's like... He's playing a gay man, and he, like, barely ever gives into the thing that you're right. afraid he's going to give into right. in that film. The, you know? He resists he doesn't it really, really well. mi- Yeah, he doesn't really, doesn't mince. It's not like a, a, a Nance performance. It's, right. But, you know, there's notes, but, like, they're wonderful. They're so well handled. Also starring Benjamin Bratt as yeah. her love interest slash partner in crime. Benjamin Bratt, who was also in Demolition Man. It all comes together in America. <laughs> um, also, as the villain, oh my god, Candy Bergen. Woo! Yeah. What a, what a queen. The movie is really fun. Um, the moment when she... And again, the thing that I, just, I think that I love, and I think everyone loves all this movie, um, she has to go through all the pains and troubles to this insane makeover process, um, and she walks out of the, 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 the warehouse... Wearing the tightest little purple dress. Yeah. And she looks so hot. Like, it's insane how hot she looks. Yeah. 
Um, her hair just, like, kind of whips over, and I'm like, damn. And then, like, at just the right moment, she fucking falls flat in her face, and it's just... And, and she has perfected this. You see her do this in the proposal. Yeah. You see her do this in the heat. And it's... I'm pretty sure she does it in two weeks' notice as well. It's just, like, so. perfect every yeah. single time. It is a joke that does not get old. Um, and, and, yeah, I mean, it gives you the iconic lines of, uh, from Miss Rhode Island, who says, What is your favorite date? April 25th. It's not too hot, not too cold. All you need is a light jacket. Like, endlessly hilarious uh, movie of just, like, it's an easy, breezy, silly comedy. Um, I do have to say, Kevin, guess what the Rotten Tomatoes score for this movie is. Oh, I'm guessing it's not good. Um, Is it, like, 16-something? Oh, that's generous. I'm being generous. I I will say this while you're looking that up. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I rewatched it. I love it. So I'm not saying anything bad. But I will say, in the year of our Lord, 2018, mm-hmm. the sexism stuff hits a lot harder right. than it did when I pre- I was like, ooh, some of this is, like, not as funny as I as I remember being. And that's barely anything having to do with Sandra Bullock. But the way that she's treated, and plus the trope of oh. being, like, the ugly girl just by, like, having her hair up and having thicker eyebrows and right, like, right. So, like she's like, played yeah. that girl a lot of times so yeah. she was that girl in Love Potion number 9 it's, it's funny that in Love Potion number 9 they were like oh and give her fake teeth too right. and then they have to do a line where they're like you got your teeth fixed right right <laughs> and I, I didn't mention this in Rewind but like I read in an interview somewhere that she when she was first starting out she kept doing these garbage directed video movies because producers didn't think she was pretty enough that's insane to be a leading lady that is literally insane can you believe uh, yeah. Like, what is the standard? What do you have to look like? Yeah. Who do you have to... Oh. Yeah. So, Miss Congeniality currently holds a 42% Rotten Tomato score. What? That's that, why I that's think... ludicrous. That's though. why I think Rotten Tomatoes is garbage. And oh, yeah. I never um, care Ag- about what they say. Aggregate sites, awful. And they're destroying film criticism. <laughs> garbage, hate it, um, don't care. But yeah, I'm, I'm happy you picked Miss Congeniality, though, because I will admit, I, I rewatched it two Sundays ago, uh, and it just... Really funny, and just really had a great time. the The part that to me is most interesting is so essentially she is making fun of. She thinks these pageants are a joke. Yeah, she thinks the women are all stupid and uh, just very surface, you know. And the movie does a good job of introducing you to a lot of women and a lot of like varieties and shades of women. Yeah. Um, also, shout out to the song "You're One in a Million. So good. Um, but there's a moment when she makes it to the top five, and, and um, they ask her, you know, um, what she would say to people who think pageants are out of date. Because a big theme of this movie is how pageants have not aged well. Right. And, and there's the whole joke of how it's not a pageant, it's a scholarship program. Yeah. Um, and she gives this, like, really beautiful monologue where she's like... Well, I would have to say I used to be one of them. And then I came here, and I realized that these women are smart, terrific people who are just trying to make a difference in the world. And we've become really good friends. I mean, I I know we all secretly hope the other one will trip and and fall on her face, but... Oh, wait a minute. I've already done that. And for me, this experience has been one of the most rewarding and liberating experiences of my life. And then she just quickly turns and she's like, and if anyone, 
and I mean anyone, tries to hurt my girls, I will take them down. <laughs> and if they run, I will chase them. You know, and I will take them down. Normally, I would take this moment to replace with the sound clip from the movie. I, you're. I think I nailed it. You nailed it. I think I nailed it. You passed this audition. Um, you get to be Miss Congeniality in the musical. Oh my god, thank you. Yes. In the musical. In the musical. <laughs> uh, yeah, this movie is just a bunch of fun, and I think she's very good in it. I think um, a lot of people don't give, first of all, comedy enough yeah. credit anyway, but I don't think, I can't see anyone else doing what she did in this movie. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's truly, you know, the best of everything she has to offer. Um, so that's my five-star review. Um, I... I Real quick, I, I really wish I could give it to Speed, just mm. because I do think her performance is really fantastic in Speed, so I just want to give her a really quick shout-out. She didn't leave me. I can't believe it. You didn't leave me. Didn't have anywhere to be just then. I have to warn you. I've heard relationships based on intense... Experiences never work. Okay. We'll have to base it on sex then. Whatever you say, ma'am. <laughs> but the role is incredibly underwritten. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things you've learned in Speed 2 is that because it's underwritten and she only has one objective in the movie, right. that when you actually have to spend time with her, she is unbearable. There's nothing going on. Yeah, yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. So the poor character, Vanny. Because I do love her in speed. Um, I guess, if gun to my head, I have to pick uh, Gravity. Yeah. I guess she's so fucking good in Gravity. Yeah. Gravity, it, I mean, literally, I, I don't really have to give you a plot synopsis, but she's gets lost in space. And yeah. it's a very, it's a quote-unquote science fiction film, but it's a very realistic look at, uh, you know, what it's like to be stuck somewhere. That was the original, Alfonso Cuaron, original concept was a person lost in the desert. They decide to set it in space. She, she, you know, that accident happens on the space station. She was, she's trying to get back down to earth essentially. And it's basically like a 99% chance she'll die. Yeah. Right there. She's an astronaut. She, she's a woman who's lost her daughter. Um, and it's very emotional. It's very intense. You are going to see a little girl with brown hair. Very messy. Lots of knots. She doesn't like to brush it. That's okay. Her name is Sarah. Can you please tell her that Mama found her red shoe? She was so worried about that shoe, Matt. But it was just right under the bed. Give her a big hug and big kiss for me and tell her that Mama misses her. Tell her that she is my angel. She makes me so proud. So, so proud. And you tell her that I'm not quitting. I'll even say this. I watched so many things. I didn't rewatch this movie because I'm scared I will never be able to recapture the theatrical experience of seeing it in the movie theater. Yeah. That's a movie really you need great. to watch like yeah. in a huge, big... I mean, great sound and great... like and But it is... I don't know. I, lo- I love that movie. It's a it's a really fantastic yeah. piece. And there's some stuff that other people don't like about it. There's like a fantasy sequence. I don't want to get too much into it. 
Like, I think everything is so well plotted. So much so that they released a short film mm-hmm. that I hated because I felt that it added too much to it. And I was like, nope, I will never see this short film ever again. Don't need it. Don't need it. Um, everything in that movie is, is really great. Uh, and uh, this is a very, it's probably my shortest five-star review. I think her performance is uh, so emotional, so physical. It, it verges a little bit on schmaltzy at points. I think some people have... have gone after her for that um but like i said just just verges on it i don't think it's emotionally emotionally manipulative i think it's actually really well played and i think she's a a woman who you you believe has suffered great loss in her life and um and now like is fighting to live right and, um i'm glad you brought up gravity because i wanted to read a little bit of a story that came out in texas monthly um they cover sandra a lot <laughs> um, i would if i were them yeah, and so uh, the title is Misconventionality, um, and it starts off saying, you know, when Sandra won her Oscar, she says, did I really earn this, or did I just wear you all down? <laughs> um, and they say, on the surface, it's, it, the question was a sly, self-deprecating joke. Um, the Austin-based actress had staged one of the more dogged awards campaigns in recent memory, turning up on countless talk shows, magazine covers, and red carpets in the run-up to Oscar night. But Bullock's also seem to be acknowledging, with surprising honesty, a two-decades-long crawl to the top through disposable rom-coms, forgettable action thrills, periodic triumphs, and occasional turkeys. Uh, more than any actress of her generation, Bullock turned herself into a star through sheer perseverance, uh, persistence. She seemed willing to try just about anything and occasionally making a fool of herself if it might command the attention of moviegoers. Um, essentially, this entire article is talking about how after... The blind side, she made the heat and how the heat was a retread into her old kind of like uh, antics. Um, but and, I would say it's new territory. But anyway, yeah, so yeah. Not, not to argue with an old. No, no, yeah. And, and I'm not saying that I agree with it. I think yeah. it's like a really interesting discourse. While there's nothing inherently wrong with an actress returning repeatedly to a well-honed persona, see the careers of Marilyn Monroe, Audrey Hepburn, and Julia Roberts, among others, which is kind of like deep shade to all these yeah. women. It's hard not to feel that this brand of deeply forgettable fare is beneath Bullock. Which, to me, is insane. Yeah. Um, I don't think that, first of all, that this is, like, forgettable brand. Like, the heat is very, very good. Yeah. Um, and I would rather, like, this was, like, a, the top of the pile of buddy cup comedies. Um, even if um, her character in the heat is very similar to um, Hart in Miss Congeniality... Her chemistry with Melissa McCarthy right. is insane. She also finds a lot of notes that are different, like a, different ways to play it than... Right. And I say, and um, he also does say, part of the wonder of Bullock, of course, is that she's so innately likable that again and again, she has managed um, to upend this sexist conceit. Instead of relishing the comeuppance of an alpha female, we find ourselves protective of her characters and rooting for them to bring some emotional balance into their lives. So, like, in the proposal, she plays a very awful boss, yeah. an awful woman, um, and yet w- she's not completely unlikable. Yeah. Um, because it's Sandra Bullock. Um, and all this to say, you know, I think in Gravity, she proves that she did earn yeah. her, you know, Oscar, or she has the bona fides, because this movie is basically her yeah. 80% of the time. And there's not a bunch of dialogue. 
There's no. a lot of like voiceover. Yeah, there's too much music. My one complaint about Gravity has always been I almost wish there. I would say like eighty percent of that music could be stripped from that movie. It's just, I mean, and it's very close on her and her yeah. eyes, and it's such a just beautiful, intimate. I mean, I could. You guys have seen Gravity. If you haven't, like, it's the, the ending of it. Everything. Yeah. I was just like, it's it's a tidy ninety minutes. Yeah. Yeah, it's short. It's not, yeah, it's not a huge commitment either. Like, yeah. It's it's just like one of those beautiful, breathtaking, like, to see this woman work um, and have go on this emotional journey with her, it's something to, to, to see. And so, like, to see this next to Miss Congeniality, it just really shows, like, yeah. she has the range. The, um, before we move into our one-star reviews, is there anything else that you picked up on? I think the proposal is very funny and the very good. The proposal is great. And, and I'm glad you brought up that she plays a very unlikable character. And obviously, because it's a romantic comedy and we have to like her by the end, mm-hmm. she does get better and we see the more human side of her. But I like that, that, that there is a, a point in her career where she decided she didn't have to play the bubbly. You know, she's playing the exact opposite of the character she played in Two Weeks Notice. Right. I want to mention, just because this is a movie that I hate that I love, um, and it is called Forces of Nature. Oh um, my god, you do? I, oh my god. Forces of Nature is like the longest music video you ever watch. Um, it was made in 1999, and I was just like... And you and you say that this was, this was good enough to include in our five-star review segment, because I think her performance is bad in that movie. Um... But also, she has no chemistry with Ben Affleck, and that's right. part of it. Right. I just... Maybe I'm talking less about her now than just the entire movie. Okay. I think it's such a dumb... Like, they're like, uh-oh, fire. Uh-oh, water. And, like, there's the whole scene where they're like, running through the rain, and, like, for whatever reason, someone... It's hail. But, like, they do, like, the effects thing yeah. where it's, like, slowly dropping yeah. all around them, and they're running through. I was like, this is... Like, someone just found out how to make these effects. Yeah. Um... There's like, uh-oh, this tornado's oh, coming. You, yeah, unless you mean, like, the rain at the end. Yeah, because there is a, a part the, at the end with the, the slow motion. The, the wind, and yeah. I was like... And it's just so heavy-handed. I'm like, oh, okay, the forces of nature. Yeah. The, ugh. Um, it's just the most ridiculous... And what I will give this movie, though, she does not end up with Ben Affleck. That's not a plus for this movie. That is a plus for the movie. Wait, no, no, it's not a plus for this movie because... You, it makes you sit through two hours of excruciating pain, and then the right couple doesn't even end up together. I don't think they're the right couple. They though. are the right couple. No, they don't have they're insufferable. No, I, <laughs> I have to hard disagree. I remember when I, I want those people to have the worst lives. No, I remember as like a young, you know, MTV watching teen. I was like, oh my god, like this woman helped him realize her, his like, uh, you know, fear about committing to this woman and. I, I thought it was so refreshing that it's not, like, them and the antics that make, like... I was like, what a fucking awful thing of, like, nature made him, like, break up with his longtime girlfriend to go with this, like, fuck up. Who... And, uh, yes, she needs to go figure her shit out with her son. Gavin. No, this is all bad. You've not convinced me of anything. I just saw this movie for the first time a couple weeks ago, and I was... I uh, haven't convinced you that she doesn't need to go spend time with her son instead of how no. she needs to end well, up with Ben Affleck? Because she's a fictional character. Louis. And I and I do not care about her. Um, okay, Gavin. Uh, I really enjoyed. Uh, I think one of the earliest places that you really see she's a star is um, the thing called Love. And I don't know if you got, I did not watch that. Uh, she plays sort of the she's the comedic best friend and um, to Samantha Mathis. 
Um, it's a movie and Samantha Mathis wants to be a country singer. She gets in a love triangle with uh, Dermot Moroney and uh, River Phoenix, River Phoenix's last film. And Samantha Mathis was dating him at the time. And honestly, any scene that Sandra Bullock is not in, you want her to be in. And, like, that's one of those things where you, like, like you can so see she's going to be a star. She steals every moment. How do you feel about 28 Days? I, I don't... I, and so this is one of the interesting things about doing Sandra Bullock is you can actually almost see her as an actress progress. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I'm going to link these two together. Um, I think Our Brandis Crisis is a bad bullshit movie. She gives an amazing performance in. And I think if the actress that was in, in uh, Our Brandis Crisis was in 28 Days, mm. that movie would be really good. Yeah. But she was not ready for that role. Right. And I think that's very clear because 20 Days is like a very like kumbaya, hand-holding like view of, of addiction rehab and, yeah, yeah. And, and addiction. And they try and get dark and his poor Azuris guy has to suffer for it. But, uh, but yeah, that movie is like cotton candy compared to what you, you would get nowadays right. out of a Sandra Bullock. And it's cool to like be able to see her. She didn't have that dark edge yet. I mean – I hate to say, but like, do you think maybe it was it into like Crash when she was maybe like it was more? Crash, Crash like, is, is another good performance in a really bad movie. Yeah. I actually do think she's good in Crash. Yeah, and I think she's playing again unlikable. I would like the locks changed again in the morning, and you know what? You might mention that we'd appreciate it if next time they didn't send a gang member. A gang member. Yes, yes. What you mean that kid in there? Yes, the guy in there with the shaved head, the pants around his oh, ass, the prison tattoo. Those are not prison tattoos. Oh, really? And he's not going to go sell our key to one of his gangbanger friends the moment he is out our We've door. We've had a really tough night. I think it'd be best if you just went upstairs right and now. And what? Wait for them to break in? I just had a gun pointed in my face. You lower your voice. And it was my fault because I knew it was going to happen. But if a white person sees two black men walking towards her and she turns and walks in the other direction, she's a racist, right? Well, I got scared and I didn't say anything. And 10 seconds later, I had a gun in my face. Now, I am telling you, your amigo in there is going to sell our key to one of his homies. And this time it'd be really fucking great if you acted like you actually gave a shit. But yeah, I think maybe in Crash is when she started to really get a little bit more of that... Um, darkness yeah. that she is able... I mean, 
or just like that, some of the subtleties. Yeah, you know that. I mean that you especially see shine so well in. Gravity. That being said, I don't hate Twenty Days. Like, I mean Twenty Days. I just think that she wasn't right ready, and the movie wasn't ready. Right, America wasn't ready. America wasn't ready. Um, so yeah, so I guess now taking that segue, do you want to move into our one star reviews? Sure, let's do it. My one star review is 2002's Divine Secrets of the IS Sisterhood. Wow. Directed by Callie Corey. I didn't see that one. It's really bad. And you saved yourself. Um, it's essentially, so first of all, she's window dressing. So it's a little unfair because her role is very thankless. She's a playwright. Um, she does an interview uh, with, I think, the New York Times, but I don't want to slander them, uh, where she basically says her childhood was unhappy. And her mother reads this interview, um, and her mother's played by Ellen Burstyn, and she goes into, like, a hysterical fit of depression and, like, cuts her daughter off. And so her, she has this group of friends that she's had ever since she was a little kid, her mother does, um, and they decide to come to New York and bring Sandra Bullock back. And in order to do that, they fucking drug her. Ugh. They drug her in New York. She wakes up in New Orleans. And, um, and this group gives her her mother's, like, secret scrapbook, which essentially is her diary. And she learns all about her mother's life that she didn't talk about. And it basically, at that point, becomes a, like, very low-rent Tennessee Williams. Like, her mother had a bad life because at one point, they went, as kids, they went to visit uh, one of her friend's cousins, and his cousin said the N-word in front of one of their servants, and they all stood up, and they threw their plates at him. And I was like, these are nine-year-old Southern girls in the 40s. They did not. Right. Um, <laughs> they, uh, and then her mother, uh, so Ellen Burstyn, young Ellen Burstyn is played by Ashley Judd, which also is terrible fucking casting. I love Ashley Judd. I love Ellen Burstyn. They are not the same person. Trash. Um, uh, her mother is obviously suffering from some mental illness, played by Cherry Jones, giving the only inspired performance in the film. And if I may, bring back a segment we like to call, She Said What? <laughs> she accuses Ashley Judd, her daughter, of having an affair with her father, um, and she, uh, because of her mental illness. Uh, and what leads her to believe this is her father gives her a set of earrings at a party, and she does the slimiest thing I've seen a uh, character actress do in a long time. She slides up behind uh, Ashley Judd and whispers in her ear, Aren't you just the luckiest little girl God ever made? Oh my God. I <laughs> yeah. like repulse. Yes. But see, this is, and this is the problem. So her mother lives this life of like possible mental illness, but also like, not a lot of struggle. She falls in love with a man who dies in World War II, and then she settles for another man who's eventually played by James Garner, and then blames him her, enti- his ent- her entire marriage for not being James Garner. And that's what leads, like, the start of the unhappy childhood. She leaves her children at one point, um, goes away, obviously due to some sort of illness, uh, some sort of mental illness. And then she, when she comes back, she goes into depression, and she beats her children. And then, like... Sandra Bullock has one good memory of her taking her to go to to fly on a plane, like one of those two-seater planes. Right. And that's it. And Sandra Bullock comes around and forgives 30 years of, of like, depression and child abuse and, and just baggage. Um, all because her mother's flaky friends gave her a fucking book that made her understand her just a tiny bit better. Mama, that reporter. Nope. Truth hurts, kiddo. That's all. 
I'm sure I had it coming. I'm a fat baby. There are some things for which I don't expect to be forgiven. Not by my children. Not even by God. There's some things for which it'd be ludicrous to say it. I'm sorry. And Sandra is, God love her, giving the world's blandest performance. I don't know what, I mean, I get what drew people to this movie. We've talked about this before, the sort of beach read right. where like you, you read a book and you're like, man, this would make a good movie, but there's nothing here. It's hollow. It's hollow all the way through. It's a, it's a film full of hollow performances and no one is more thankless than Sandra herself in it. Not so divine. No, not at all. And it, it really bumps me out. I remember my mom watching this when I was younger um, and I had not seen it. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's it's pretty dismal. Um, and it's full of people I love. As I mentioned, Ellen Burstein, Maggie Smith doing the worst Southern accent I've ever heard. Uh, a Flanola Flanagan, whom I also love. And Shirley Knight play all the older friends. And yeah, it's just... I feel like Sandra is like often um, surrounded by suspicious accents. Yes. Um, including ones that she attempts herself. Yeah. Um, this is not my one-star review, but... Um, I saw If Two by C, and yeah. oh. she does the craziest New can, York accent. Can we come back to this when we talk about more one-star reviews? Sure. Excellent. Um, my one-star review, you know, I mean, the mirror has two faces, and if Miss Congeniality is my favorite, Miss Congeniality 2 <laughs> is the absolute worst. It's really bad. Um, I was like, oh, cool, they took everything fun and like, awesome about Miss Congeniality and just, like, took it all out yeah. of Miss Congeniality Literally, they were like, what if we take our lead character and made her insufferable? Yeah. It's and, the same thing with Speed 2. Like, yeah. literally. And, and I think part of it is the sequel, the sequel, like, uh, nightmare is that they will take the things that they think people like and turn them all up to 11 and then just jettison everything else. Like, and that movie, she, like, literally Miss Congeniality, not to steal your one star review, but in Miss Congeniality 2, within the first ten minutes, she goes from the beauty queen, because apparently the pageant was, like, yesterday. It was three weeks ago. Yeah. And she goes from the beauty queen back to the non-beauty queen, back to the beauty queen. Yeah. Back to the non-beauty queen in the first ten minutes. She is, like, so the whole point of Miss Congeniality 2 is, it's three weeks later, and she's ready to get back into the field. Um, a bus goes awry because a civilian recognizes her because she's kind of famous now, and so her her cover is blown. Um, and so the FBI says, hey, why don't you become our, like, kind of spokesperson? And you, our brand ambassador. Exactly. And you'll go out on shows and talk about how cool and great the FBI is. Um, instead of the wonderful Michael Caine, we get... Whatever that fucking guy is from the Drew Carey show. I do like him, but not in this movie. Not in this movie at Whatever all. Whatever his name is. I'm yeah. not even going to look it up. I don't care. Um, and he's like, oh, honey, they just had to make you over for two weeks. This is for your whole life. And he's playing, and he is playing yeah. full, like, yeah. homo garbage, like, mincing and just... Diedrich Bader. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't look it up, folks. That was just for you your brain. Yep. Um, and... And so he, like, I don't know. I don't even know what he does to her. But all of a sudden, she's like, I'm only wearing Chanel now. Yeah. And can you please get me some coffee? And she turns into a garbage human being. And she's like, 
crushing little girls' dreams at book signings. The other kids are doing their report on Beyonce or Britney. But if you come to my school and talk, they'd see why being an agent is so cool and stop getting on me. I would really love to, but as you can see, the agency's got me pretty busy. There you go. Thank you very much. But what you could do is just pull your hair up every once in a while. It would really open up your face. Because remember, people care about people who care about themselves. They hire um, Regina King right. to be her bodyguard. And you feel so bad that Regina King's in this movie. Regina King deserves everything. Everything. She has worked so hard for every Emmy she oh, has, no. okay? Um, and she has a bad attitude and will beat you up. The physical stuff, and I mentioned this with Monster-in-Law last week with Jane Fonda, like, there is some weird, perverse, like, some executive somewhere gets off at watching women hit women. Yeah. And it's the weirdest fucking thing. And I get, like, part of it is, like, a reverse sexism thing where you're like, well, guys punch each other all the time. But it is done in the weirdest ways in this movie. Yeah, and it's almost like they have to, like, connect. Whatever. So they... Miss Rhode Island and William Shatner, who was the host of yeah. uh, Miss USA pageant. The only get, other people they could get back. Right. Um, they get kidnapped. So she goes to Vegas with Regina, and they have to kind of sleuth around to find yeah. out the clues. I will admit, the one thing that I enjoyed in a weird, perverse way was all the detective stuff, which is totally not in the first movie. Right. Where in this movie, she like had to piece together clues, and I was like... I would watch a Sandra Bullock detective comedy. That's not this. Right. And because she's not playing the same character. It's no, not she's not. Mary Hart. It, not Mary. Um, Gracie. Gracie Hart. It's not Gracie Hart. Yeah. It's just this brand new character. It was kind of like they told Sandra. I'm glad you feel this way because that's when I watched it. I was like, this isn't the same character. It's not. They, it's like they told her. They gave her a note that said, oh, your character is this now. Yeah. And, it, and she's like, forget like all of like the bumbling, sloppy you know, original yeah. Grace Hart is gone, and it's just, like, this kind of a bitch. Yeah. You know? Um, and it, one part that really is, like, rubs me the wrong way is they have to... They're trying to track down a Dolly Parton drag queen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They go into a club, and they're dressed up... Um, one, uh, she's dressed up as, like, this kind of, like, a chorus girl. Vegas showgirl, yeah. And Regina is dressed up as a Tina Turner, and they have to, like, put on a show, and Regina's like, no, I can't sing, I'm not gonna sing... And I was like, do they know how drag works? They literally just showed us a Liza Minnelli drag queen. Lip syncing. Lip syncing. 100%. And they get on stage and they're booing her until she starts singing over the track that is also singing. Right. And I was like, what the fuck is going on here? I think this movie has like a 15 on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, Well-deserved. Yeah, just... Truly, truly, yeah. Trash it's it's, it's really unfortunate. So yeah, is are there any other? I mean, do do you want to talk if two by C? Yeah, if two by C was a slog, and uh, I would have given it to that if not, I had not seen Divine Seekers the IS Sister. Also, the amount of homophobia in that movie. Yeah, and it's, it's, a lot. it's so two by C is her and Dennis Leary as a couple, and they've stolen a painting, and it, chaos ensues from there. Um, but like. Dennis Leary co-wrote it, and this dude is not comfortable in his yeah. heterosexuality at all. A lot of F-bombs. Yeah. Uh, yeah, from both of them, yeah. too. I'm talking about the theater. I'm talking about cats. We have seen Batman Returns 12 times now. Honey, no, 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 no. We've seen three different Batman movies four times each, oh. okay? Well, you know what? They all suck. I'll tell you what. I'm not going to drive four hours each way down to New York just to see a bunch of fags dressed up in tights and fake whiskers pretending to be cats, okay? Oh, okay. Huh? Oh, so, so a How guy... How about Bucks? They got their own show yet? All right, Jesus all right. Let me ask Christ. you a question. So a guy dressed up like a bat, that's okay, right? 
got a guy dressed up like a cat as a fan? Yeah, yeah, Batman's different. He's got the cape and the, and, 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 and the cowl. And, and, and spends all his time with a teenage boy. Talk to the hand, all right? Sometimes her accent is like, she's supposed to be this Jewish girl from like yeah. Manhattan. And I was like, where? In what world? <laughs> where, where? Where are you? And her, her accent is just insane. Um, yeah, I did not like and then just two others for me real quick. Okay. I just want to gun shy with Liam Neeson where she doesn't even play a character. She basically shows up uh, like half an hour in the movie. It's a movie. He's a constipated hitman who like can't get over the fact that a, uh, a gangster shoved a gun up his ass. Literally. That's oh, the plot of the movie. Wow. And she is a proctologist and like, she is not a character. Hate it. I, I hate, hate it. it every second of it. Uh, and Premonition. I was going to say Premonition. Which is a movie that doesn't know how premonitions work. Right. <laughs> because a premonition is like a flash or a sense of something of the future, like a vision of the future. This movie's literally about two competing realities, right. one where her husband's dead and one where her right. husband hasn't died yet. It's like, have you not seen Charm? Yes or no? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> there is one thing I kind of wish I brought it up in five-star reviews. Um, I watched The Lake House for the first time. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's anywhere near as bad as anybody makes it out to be. And wow. I will say, Keanu, for, for everything that, and every bad thing people say about Keanu, um, I also don't think he's a bad actor. I think he's a very specific actor. But they have chemistry. They do. And I know they, they spend really most of the movie apart. But I think that movie's like, I don't know, it's, it's silly and romantic. And like, I don't think, everybody gets hung up on the time travel aspect. It's not real time travel, guys. It's a fucking magic mailbox. Right. And it's if literally can, just a magic mailbox. Yeah, if you can buy into a magic mailbox, you can buy anything else that happens in the film, such as him planting a tree and her suddenly, it suddenly appearing. It's just, it's movie magic, and I'm fine with that. Yeah, like, I think it's, it's a sweet movie. Also, yeah. like, it was a, I, I imagine they're like, oh, like a weird rom-com kind of. Yeah. And, because uh, it's not really a comedy. But no. Like, but the scenes they do share together, though that last kiss is like, what, have neither of you ever kissed a human before that? <laughs> Um, but uh, but they have it. They do. Yeah. Like, I, there's a spark there. I like them. I mean, I think Keanu in Speed and in Lake House, I was like, yeah. yeah, yes. He's so good in Speed. He's very good in Speed. Um, yeah, I wrote all these other movies down. I mean, Practical Magic, I thought was... Yeah, I, I actually re-listened to part of our Witches on Film episode, because that's another one that's come up before, and remember you not liking it that much. But I rewatched it. <laughs> I really liked it. So. I, I just like the two old witches better yeah. than. Oh, yeah, I do. Uh, too. I do too. But uh, but I but I do think there is a lot of like fun sisterly chemistry, even though genetically it doesn't make any sense between her and Nicole Kidman. And, and it's also Nicole Kidman's original face, and I love that original faces. <laughs> Speaking of original I faces, I don't want to get too much into it because I love Sandra so much, and it's very clear. Should we get into our fast forward real quick? Uh, while you're sleeping, mm-hmm. fucking great. I had not seen it since I was a kid. I had not seen it ever. And really? I think her, as it Bill Pullman? Yeah. Bill Pullman was very handsome. Yeah. People forget that. He's very handsome. Yeah. And um, fun movie. Fun movie. Cute. We, I mean, weird. Once again, sort of like Love Potion number nine. Weird, like, stalker rom-com. Yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. But it was the 90s. It was the 90s. <laughs> All rom-coms were kind of stalkery. Yeah. But I, I must admit, I had forgotten how cute and jarring that is. And it's no wonder she became so successful off Yeah. This way. This way. Okay. Oh. 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 What was that? Is that my pants or my muscles? Oh, give me your hand. Give me your hand. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> you have an extra pair of pants in your apartment? If you fit into my pants, I will kill myself. <laughs> you don't have to follow me. Oh, you blocked the wind. <laughs> 
uh, once again, all this should have been said in our five-star reviews. Uh, before we move into our fast-forward, should we revisit our picks just so people yes. know what they are? Um, my one-star review was Miss Congeniality 2, uh, which came out in 2005. My five-star review is Miss Congeniality, which came out in 2000. Uh, my five-star review was 2013's Gravity. And my one-star review was 2002's Divine Secrets of the IF Sister. So, Ocean's 8 is out now. It is. Um, what did you think? I thought it was fun. I thought I... I, I Gary Ross is not a strong director. Gary Ross, who directed the first Hunger Games and, and plenty of other things, and visually, he has no discernible style. No. And, like, he's really not... A, and to see him try and do a Steven Sonnenberg film is, it like... It was... Like, it felt, like, cheap, like, um... Like, when you first get, like, iMovie on your computer, it's, like, yeah. all these effects, and I was, like... Kevin, I was shocked at how bored I was in this movie. You were bored, though! Oh, see, I had a lot of fun. I... I mean, there were definitely moments where I was, like, these queens. Right. Of, these queens of film and stage, um, looking amazing. Yeah. Um, but... I think there was, like, a very iconic, um, like, press shot of all of them, like, sitting on the subway. Yeah. And looking amazing. Which kind of ruins a bit of it, but anyways. And I... So they do, like... This is not a spoiler, but they kind of do, like, a flash forward for each of them and see what they do after the yeah. heist. Um, and it's them just sitting on the subway, and then for each person, like a PowerPoint, the, they do, like, the flip screen yeah. thing to them, and I was like, what is this? Yeah. What is this, like, garbage? Oh, yeah. The movie has no style. Yeah. It's... It, and that... It drove me crazy, too. Yeah. I was like, how do you have all these really fun, amazing actresses? I mean, it, it's almost as if they were like, make them look good, and then we're going to do nothing. Yeah. I And I will admit, there's definitely, in comparison to the other Ocean's movies, and this has nothing to do with uh, the, their sex, but, like, they're just in the script. There wasn't a lot of tension written. No. And there was never really a point where I was worried that they were going to fail, which I think is a big component of right. the previous Ocean's films. I also will say, I just don't know. Like, they didn't give enough, like, the chemistry between the girls. Like, there was not enough for them to do. Like, the only... I didn't know enough about Kate Blanchett and Sandra Bullock's characters. Also, though, like, the movie opens with her in the jail. Yeah. And her, like, it's kind of alarming looking at her. Because her face is, has not had a light touch of work done. There are angles in which she and Kate Blanchett look almost exactly alike. It's funny. I've, I've heard of, this is uh, on a different podcast, and I can't remember what I was listening to, but they were talking about some actresses nowadays come with their own personal digital touch-up artist who get to go crazy. into a film after it's done and do, like, the face touch-ups yeah. digitally. It and looked like dur- it. I was going to say, during that opening scene, that's all I could think of. And I don't want to talk about this, because I hate when people talk about plastic surgery, unless it's, like, part of someone's story. But I agree, it was there. It was and a little I could heavy. See it. Yeah. And I, I will say, she has talked about, um, in interviews I read, where she said, you know, I want to be in front of the camera as long as I'm comfortable doing it. Yeah. Um, and then after, I, when I'm done with that, I'm going to be a producer-director character, and which I'm, like, all about, all for. I wish, though, she would just be like, fuck it, I don't care. Because it, it, it's almost as if she's a product of 
she's been working for so long yeah. and knows what it takes to like be the like youthful, pretty, blah, blah, blah. And I wish she would kind of be like, you know what? I am that bitch and I don't yeah. care. And like, if I have some wrinkles here and there, like I'm going to own it and be fine. To me, it almost reads as, she, as if she's saying, you know, if I'm not pretty enough to get the right. girls anymore, I'm going to like just retreat and go away. And yeah. I, I really hope for her in the future that she, that's not the case because I think she, with the right roles, she is so good. She said that she um, does not want to get married again. Yeah. She said she's very happy and she loves love and being in love. and But she is just more concerned with raising her kids and leading this um, life that she's built for herself, um, which I respect. The, um, the one thing that's in uh, production right now that's going to come out 2018, uh, it's in post-production and it's expected out this December, is a movie called Bird Box. Uh, a woman and a pair of children are blindfolded and make their way through a post-apocalyptic setting along a river. Now, sounds weird, uh, but it is—it's her and Sarah Paulson again. Oh. Um, yeah, and I love Sarah Paulson. Yeah, and John Malkovich. Um, oh, Jackie Weaver too. And and but one of the rumored things that she's been circling um, is "Let Her Speak," which is uh, about Wendy Davis, Ooh. The Texas. Yeah, Senator. Oh my god! Yeah, becomes an advocate for I... reproductive rights. Would die. I would die, die, die. I would love to see her play Wendy Davis. I would love yeah. to see her play Wendy Davis. Oh, my yeah. God. So, first of all, if you're not a Texan and do not know about Wendy Davis, she was um, a, 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 a politician in Texas from Fort Worth who just, like, basically put on her pink sneakers and stood and um, filibustered. filibustered the legislature as long as she could to make sure that uh, reproductive rights were protected in Texas. Um, and she did it for a number of hours and it worked, but then eventually they just called a special session. So whatever she eventually ran for governor lost. Um, and now is just, um, an activist. Yeah. Um, st- still in te- Texas. And I think Sandra Bullock is the perfect, I mean, cause also Wendy Davis has a very interesting life. Right. Um, and yeah, I, I, I did not know that. And I would love to see this movie. Made. I think more than any other episode, we've already sort of talked more about forward thinking with Sandra Bullock because she is a forward thinking person and sort of what we would like to see her do. Is there any sort of like real quick sort of thing that you'd like to see her do? Because personally, that to me sounds like something I would I would love to see her do. Maybe something a little more political. Maybe something a little more you know right. uh, out of the box for her. But I'd also she's still got some comedies in her. Yeah, I know she has more comedy left in her. And I I don't know. I think weird stuff. I'm glad to hear about Bird Box, and it sounds yeah. weird because I think she is unafraid to um, to do those type of things. And honestly, if she can throw her weight as, quote, America's sweetheart and in this bankable star behind weird stuff like gravity yeah. um, and, like, these other things, like, I I would just love to see her keep doing that. Kind of the same way um, with her production company that Reese Witherspoon has done. Yeah. Um, uh, because truly, she is in that class of star that can make something happen. Um, so what you're saying is Big Little Lies Season 3. I mean... Here she comes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I think she can do anything she wants. Yeah. I think, and I think that really sums Santa Bullock up. All of it. Uh-huh. Hand motions. Emphatic hand motions mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, for all of you who can see us. Um, all six of you, I see you. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, I guess that's the end of our discussion on Sandra Bullock. Really good choice. Thank Louis, you. You picked her. And, I did uh, pick her. Yeah. that's Because uh, I love her. Yeah. It was good. It was, it was good. Like I said, she... I burn out in the end, but like I 
still love her. So. That's a working woman, Maury. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, thank you guys for listening. Absolutely. So we're going to go away for another two weeks. We're going to come back with a brand new, fresh subject. Mm-hmm. But until then... You can find us all sorts of places online. Yep. You can find us on Twitter at, at The Mixed Reviews. We're on Facebook at The Mixed Reviews. You can email us at reviewsmixed at gmail.com. And we will read your email on our episode. I promise. Someone email us. It's so cold and lonely in our inbox. Are you just hanging out in our inbox? Yes. Anybody? Just, just refreshing. I'll click. Are, My friends, where are you? It's like Sandra Bullock and Gravity. Yes. You're just like, I need to get home. <laughs> um, you can listen to us all sorts of places also oh. at your local uh, iPod. Not iPod. Yeah, your, your, at your local iPod dealer. Your local right. iPod dealer has this on your iPod. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Your local <laughs> podcast store. We're on iTunes, uh, we're on Stitcher, we're on Spotify, we're on Google Play Music, uh, we're uh, on some of our stuffs on SoundCloud. Um, if you would be so kind, if you, whatever, whatever your favorite thing to listen to us on, be it Stitcher or iTunes, or uh, rate and review us. It yeah. helps other people find us, and we want to be friends with everyone. Everybody. Uh, not you, but uh, everyone. But everyone else. Everyone else. <laughs> we'd, lo- we'd love <laughs> to meet you. <laughs> Um, so yeah, until uh, two weeks. Uh, see you then. Uh, make sure you go check us out on Twitter, and I'll be putting up a poll soon. Bye. Hey. I said a hip hop, baby. The heavy to the hip hip hop, and you don't stop the rock to the bang bang the boogie. Say up, jump the boogie to the rhythm of the boogie the beat. Now what you hear is not a test. I'm a rapping to the beat, and me, the group, and my friends are gonna try and move your feet. See. I-